0: Hi, friends. Welcome to Unyielding, a podcast for Pathways to Hope Network. Our goal for this podcast is to connect with mothers of children facing the juvenile court system. We want to use this platform to give a voice to the challenges you're facing while you're learning to navigate the sometimes scary and uncertain world we enter when our child has been charged with a crime. For the next 30 or so minutes, we hope that you will feel seen and cared for. We hope that you are reminded of your value and that you leave a little stronger than you arrived. We hope you are reminded that you have sisters out here who silently walk beside you in solidarity. Most importantly though, we hope to honor the always beautiful, often heart-wrenching, unyielding love that a mother has for her child. When does the healing begin? I hear this question from parents all the time. When will it end? When will this pain stop? And there's a post I read from at New York therapist on Instagram who perfectly captures the healing process. The post is one of those what we think and what it is kind of posts. And it reads, what we think healing is pain-free, wound-free, Patterns gone, constantly in alignment with healthy values, positivity, what healing actually is, showing up in my pain, soothing wounds, noticing a repeated pattern, awareness when out of alignment with our values, grace. Because the truth is there's no magic moment when all the pain disappears. You don't wake up one day to find that all the wrongs feel right and all the trust is restored. Instead, healing is an invisible process. It involves learning how to show up in our pain, especially when showing up doesn't affect the outcome of their behavior. And that's no easy task. I mean, it stretches you thin and it tests your will, but it also teaches you what you're capable of. It reveals your gumption, your grit, and your dedication to those you care about. Healing also involves accepting the things we can't change and learning how to soothe our own hurts. Healing begins to reveal itself when all of your energy feels like it needs to be spent outwardly. And as you come to the end of yourself, you realize that the saying you can't pour from an empty cup was true all along. Healing doesn't show up as a miraculous aha moment. I mean instead healing feels more like well it feels more like growing. It's the tiny shifts that take place inside of us and its only escort is time. The other day I was walking with one of our mamas and she said I'm not perfect, Ange, but I'm doing a lot better staying in my lane. And that is healing. See, sometimes one of the biggest obstacles we experience in moving forward is the line that we draw in the sand between our acceptance and their behaviors. When our children are making or have made choices that are destructive to themselves or others, we can get confused about whether loving our children while they're messing up somehow condones their actions. And I'm going to be honest, like I've struggled with that notion myself, but I think I recognize, like on a heart level, that it's just not true. I mean, I believe, and I'm sure you do too. That loving our kids in their mess means we recognize that this journey they are on, this wilderness that they're traversing, it's not about us. It's about them. It's about the lessons they need to learn, the hardships they need to face, and the obstacles they need to overcome and when we allow our default reactions of worry or anger to run the show instead of actively and consciously choosing hope the heaviness of what was and and the fear of what is to come they become ours to carry daily and from this place we can expect our journey alongside them to be long and tiresome my therapist used to ask me angie Have you ever stopped to consider what it would take for you to experience feelings of happiness in your current circumstances? And to be honest, that always felt outside my reach. And I know a lot of you may find yourself in a similar place today. With the help of time, though, I've learned that while happiness seemed to elude me, peace, peace became possible as I learned to release the person. I deeply loved, to the consequences of their own behavior. When I no longer felt the need to shoulder that burden or carry that load. When I strengthened my resolve to quit imagining every worst possible scenario and allowed today to just be about today. As I pulled away from the idea that I needed to serve out my child's sentence with them, peace drew herself closer to me. And trust that I know it's easier said than done, because the reality is that as parents, we are expert problem solvers. I mean, are you kidding me? From the time our babies are born, we're conditioned to recognize potential dangers, to think through every precarious situation that might pop up, and to divert the crisis. And as our fears become loud during this season, our default reaction will be to use those same skills. Fear screams his future is over. No one will ever hire her. It's hopeless. He's going to be lost to this forever. I failed in my most important role. See, fear becomes relentless, demanding our attention all day and keeping us up all night. Fear, fear shouts. And hope, hope whispers. Hope is, it's the small tap at the door of our hearts. Taps that are, that are only heard when we learn to quiet the shouting inside us. It whispers, this consequence as difficult as it is to face, may be the very thing saving him from a worse fate. It whispers, I'm working on healing you first. It whispers, I can make beauty from ashes. It whispers, I have a plan. And, And our strength Our strength is found in those whispers, friend, but those whispers require stillness to hear. They require surrender. They require that we call BS to the shouts of fear and that we intentionally seek the whispers of hope. You can get there. And when you do, I promise you the influence and the insight that you bring into your child's world will be so much more powerful than your fears. Instead of devoting ourselves entirely to their well being, life requires us to shift our path. Because the best way to help a struggling child is not by interfering when they're facing consequences, but by learning to recognize that rescuing, comes with its own set of consequences, and by realizing that our protecting is no longer protecting, and that our worrying has turned into obsessing. See, each of us has our own journey. I have mine, and you have yours, and our kids have theirs. And on this journey, it's good to regularly ask ourselves if our patterns in parenting are still serving our family and us in the best way possible. Do we break our own healthy boundaries in order to avoid confrontation, but call it choosing our battles? Do we spend the majority of our time with our child pointing out where they're falling short of expectations? Do we threaten our kids with some type of consequence out of desperation only to not follow through because we don't want to deal with their attitude? And how much of what bothers us most about our child is tied back to how we feel it reflects on us and our family? How much of it is about the inconvenience it causes us? See, these are just a few of the questions I had to ask myself when I began to question my own patterns. And over time, it's gotten easier to call myself out because I've learned to do it from a place of love and not a place of shame. Because I know that I can't do better unless I make an effort to learn where I could be contributing to my own problems and to start focusing there. Being willing to look at ourselves and ask ourselves tough questions takes courage and it takes vulnerability. And if this is a struggle for us, imagine how difficult it must be for our child. I mean, aren't we asking them to do the very same thing? To look at themselves and ask themselves if their own patterns are serving them in the best possible way? You know, before I began to look at myself, I never stopped to consider how the old wounds that I had been carrying around with me shaped my perception of the world. And how they would impact the way that I trust the way they cause me to doubt myself and to doubt others, the way they contribute to my fears and the walls they build around me when I'm afraid of being hurt or I'm watching someone I love be hurt. More recently, life has become this strange and and strangely beautiful process of continuously identifying what those wounds are and how those paradigms shape my thoughts and my actions so that now instead of automatically assuming the worst when I see my child struggling, I force myself to think about how they might use this struggle to define themselves later. What will they take these hardships to say about who they are? What story will they tell themselves? Will they say, you're a screw-up, you're worthless, you can't do anything right? That's not what I want for them. No, my wish for them is that they'll say, I made a mistake and and this mistake does not define me unless I give it the power to do so. Or maybe these hardships will prompt them later to ask themselves, how can I grow from this? That's what I want. See, everything that happens to us can serve two or more meanings. And sometimes we need others around us to speak that light for us. The truth is, you can be a parent who is disappointed, hurt, and even scared and still speak light into your child, especially if you strongly disagree with the decision they're making. Our children will heal from the choices that got them here, and so will we. But what kind of impact would it make if you considered for just one moment that everything that is happening to them today might one day feel like it happened for them? What if every struggle they are facing today had to happen in order for them to learn about resiliency? How would you look at these challenges differently if every challenge and wrong decision meant that they were growing up with the lesson that their actions affect the lives of everyone around them? What if things needed to happen exactly as they are in order for them to feel the power behind having a mama who believes in you, even when you don't believe in yourself? I know for some of you, this will feel woo-woo, and, and it's going to rub you the wrong way. It's, it's tough to imagine that all of this could somehow be used for good, because we so often use our imaginations to drum up the worst possible scenario. I mean, we've talked about it. That's what our brains do to try and protect us. But if you can dare to let yourself go there, imagine the hope we might begin to experience if instead we started to consider the best possible scenarios. Imagine the peace. See, this battle feels like it's about behavior, but I truly believe that more than half of this battle is really about perspective. Your greatest barrier to peace or hope is not your child and the decisions they're making. Your greatest barrier is your perspective. Did I just hear an eye roll? It's okay. I get it. It's not a popular belief, but the truth is when it comes to truly changing patterns, one of the most powerful practices I have found, and I've talked about this before, is to focus on the areas where you can actually make a difference. And my friend, Jim Ladd, who I interviewed in episodes 10 and 11 and always gives me the best advice, says to make the biggest impact, you should draw a big circle around yourself and spend all of your energy trying to fix everything inside that circle. Energy spent anywhere else is wasted. You cannot will or even force the direction of your child. Instead, focusing your energy on what it takes to make you a whole, healthful, peaceful mama is the greatest contribution you can make to their journey. I cannot stress this enough. This is what it looks like to put your oxygen mask on first. This is what it looks like to be an anchor in your child's storm. So to the mama who's struggling today, who goes through the day doing what needs to be done, who continues to show up even when her heart is on its own timeout, the mama who feels like she's on an island with her grief where no one seems to understand the way her heart is breaking, the mama who's still fighting and searching for answers and showing up again and again who never stops hoping, wishing, praying that the child she once knew returns to her. Don't give up. Listen to the tiny whispers, the small voice inside that reminds you this is not the end of the story. Dare to believe people when they tell you that things will be good again. Let those whispers guide you out of the dark and practice the pause. Pause when you think that you caused this. Pause when you think you can control this. Pause when you think you can cure this. The tighter we clutch to those ideas, the longer we remain chained to despair and heartache. Control is an illusion. It doesn't work. Healing comes when we push pause on all the thoughts that try to convince us that we hold the solutions to all our child's problems in our hands. Healing does not mean the damage ends or never existed. It means the damage no longer controls our lives. It has to start somewhere. You could sit and wait for it to start with your child, or you could make it start with you. And before we wrap up today, I'm really excited to extend an opportunity for the first time ever to our unyielding community. Beginning in mid-October, we will be starting a new session for our online support group. And we just wrapped up our last six-week session, and it was so amazing. You guys, the women who attended last session were so brave and committed to the process. It's always really incredible to see the way that they create this beautiful space for one another to be vulnerable while practicing courage. Now, I typically do these groups a few times a year, and every time, it's so impactful. These online groups are made up of parents who aren't afraid to own their own struggle who share their good days and their bad, and they aren't afraid to admit that they don't have it all figured out. They give themselves credit when they get it right, and they pray for one another and push through hard times together, and they practice choosing compassion for themselves and each other instead of shame. The lessons are topic-led, and they also provide opportunities for sharing and growing in the community with one another in a way that allows you to move at your own pace. This session we're going to be having our meetings in the evening and we'll be meeting for an hour once a week for six weeks. This online group, for those of you um, who are not familiar with it, is basically the equivalent of drawing a big circle around yourself and using your energy towards working on everything inside. There is no cost, but we always welcome donations to kind of help cover costs that make it possible for us to continue to serve families who are struggling with feeling alone. If you are looking for the next step in your healing journey and you are interested in trying out our online group, you can register it by emailing me at closedgroup.pathways at gmail.com with the subject line, I'm in. That'll get us started and then we can take it from there. Registration closes October 1st, and I am so excited for the opportunity to meet you and the privilege of walking beside you on your path towards healing during our next online support group session. Okay, friends, well, that wraps it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening to Unyielding. I really hope that you found this information helpful and that it served you in some way today. If you did, could you show some love to this community of mamas by leaving a review and subscribing? You know how lonely this journey can be, and when you leave positive reviews and subscribe, it makes a big difference in helping other struggling moms out there find us. Oh, and don't forget to check out Pathways to Hope Network's website. The link will always be in the show notes below, where you can access an ever-growing library of resources like a list of local and national resources that may be helpful, a page entirely devoted to frequently asked questions, as well as our blogs that cover a variety of topics. When you visit the page, remember to subscribe so you're added to our monthly newsletter designed to encourage and educate you throughout this process and beyond. You also receive access to our closed Facebook group community where we break down this podcast even deeper. Just a reminder, our closed group is a small group of parents just like you that understands what it's like to have a child going through the juvenile justice system. Take advantage of this opportunity to be part of a safe space where families can come together to talk about their struggles, help answer questions, and provide judgment-free encouragement. You can also find our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, where we post five days a week, posts designed to help keep you fighting. Remember... Family is like life. It's a fight for territory, and once you stop fighting for what you want, what you don't want will automatically take over. Until next week, friends, remember we are stronger together.